You are listening to the Manos Accelerator podcast in partnership with Google Launchpad. We interview rockstar entrepreneurs who share their exact formulas for success in customer acquisition, growth hacking, fundraising, or scaling a company. And I'm your host, Juan Felipe Campos. Manos Nation, there is no better way for you to support the production of this podcast than by giving us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. Let's help each other out. I will send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup if you review the podcast on iTunes and then tag us on a social media post. Okay, it's very easy. So step one, support us by rating this podcast five stars on iTunes. Step two, tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. And step three, I will send you a list of 100 grants for your startup. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Manos Accelerator podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I am joined here by Mr. Ari Vent Gemmerin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Ari, in about 30, 60 seconds, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and maybe a brief relevant story of how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a venture capitalist, an investor with Rising Tide Managers. Uh, we are a, a small seed and Series A stage uh, investment firm located in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, we are primarily focused on businesses coming out of Silicon Valley, Canada, and other ecosystems within the United States. Uh, and my background, so I was, uh, I'm a local guy to the San Francisco Bay Area. I was uh, educated at University of California at Davis. Uh, I started my career with Fisher Investments, which is a money management firm, and was in the equity research group for them. Uh, I moved from there to Goldman Sachs, where I was an investment advisor for an uh, exclusive group of extremely wealthy families, institutions, and organizations, and helped run about $4 billion in assets for them. Uh, and then from there, I made a connection with the, the family that started my current firm, Rising Tide, uh, and moved over to venture capital late last year. So October, October 2018 made the jump. Um, and so I've always what had a, a track great record. interest in direct investing, and, and um, the opportunity came up to be more involved in the venture capital game and looking at amazing founders and entrepreneurs and technology, and I, I, leapt, I jumped for the opportunity. That's amazing. What a track record, Ari. And you certainly know something about fundraising and the investment world that most startup founders don't get with uh, the experience that you have, the breadth of experience. Can you tell us a bit about, at a high level, what's something about venture capital investments that you've learned over the years that you could share with the audience and wish that startup founders would understand about how investment works in general? Yeah, I, um, there's so many things. Uh, that founders should keep in mind and think about uh, when approaching venture capitalists. I we receive dozens, if not hundreds, of of uh, interested inbound from founders every day. Oftentimes, cold emails. Um, and I come from a I, I come from a background in sales as well, uh, and so I have a great amount of admiration and respect for the hustle factor of reaching out and trying to make something happen for yourself. Uh, and everyone, and we will typically try to pick up and review the applications and interests that come in from founders. Um, this is uh, not an, um, a novel thing to point out, but it's beneficial if you can come in through a trusted source that already knows the VC or the investor, try to build that network and relationship. Um, and, and I find that the best way to do that is oftentimes to pay it forward and, and meet ecosystem players and people that can be helpful to you. Uh, pay it forward, help them first, and then later come in with your ask and kind of, hey, do you know this person? Are you able to provide an opportunity for me to get in front of this individual? And then from there, uh, have a good understanding of the process by which venture capitalists think about making an investment. 
um, which goes a lot into the mindset of what is a VC trying to accomplish? What do they owe to their limited partners? Uh, what's the thesis of the fund and what they're thinking about doing? Uh, and try to try to fit what you're doing into what they're doing and realize that you're not going to be a fit for everybody. Uh, and there's many, many, many factors that go into why or why not an investment is actually made. So just be realistic about the process and run a process. Uh, be be organized about it and, and think about it like a salesperson with spreadsheets and managing relationships and, and continuing to build your network and, and the ecosystem um, and, and have a great idea for a company, which goes without saying. Sure. No, I love that. So a lot of founders, uh, we think that investors are maybe, we kind of pitch them as if they were going to be clients of our actual product, but actually what we're selling isn't the product to the investors. What we're selling is a piece of the company. So we need to have two separate sales processes, just like we have a very clean operation for when we're selling our SaaS platform, we're selling our, our product or service. We need to have a completely different, but just as tightly put together sales process for how we reach out to investors and we're doing it at scale with the CRM and everything, all the bells and whistles of an actual sales, like a proper sales pipeline. Before we continue with the episode, you should know about this. We recently partnered with Brex, the smart credit card for founders to finance and boost their startups. Everything about Brex is made for startup and e-commerce founders just like you. The card scales with you and gives you up to 20 times higher credit limits than any competing card. And for listeners of this podcast, benefit from our partnership and get $5,000 in AWS credits plus absolutely no card fees for life by activating your account through our partnership link. It's brex.com slash monos. Brex, B-R-E-X dot com slash monos, M-A-N-O-S, to get all of your fees waived for life and $5,000 in AWS credits. Now on to the episode. Walk us through a typical fundraising process at your firm. What does it actually look like in practice from intro all the way to having bank, you know, money in the bank uh, for for a startup, what does it actually look like? Sure. So you're asking about the how do we make a decision from a founder first t- getting in touch with us through to us wiring money to the founder, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Can you demystify that process for us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say from a high level uh, at the stage we're investing, um, the biggest risk is founder risk by far. So everything you can do to demonstrate that you're a trustworthy individual, uh, an honorable person, you don't make any misrepresentations, like those things are all will kill you before you get anywhere. Like your company could be amazing, but if you misrepresent where you are in the process at all, most VCs will say it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, the, like, the product market fit, like we want to see that. We want to see some traction. We want to see something, and I'll get into all this, but the, the number one reason early stage companies fail is in my opinion, uh, the founder is is uh, you know stretches the truth a little bit, and that gets them into trouble. Or the founding team breaks up, uh, and and so the the real evaluation in the beginning is the team. Like, are are, are the two founders are they going to stay friends? Are they or were they friends? Are they do they not know one another? What's the dynamic between the founders? Is the, is the founder overly interested in titles? Uh, one of the big warning signs we look for is like uh, too much too much interest in like uh, um, making themselves look really impressive and amazing versus like trying to actually build a company. So th- this like I would say just as a general wa- word of advice, like I think Silicon Valley has a great reputation, great slash bad reputation for uh, you know either it's the Facebookism of move fast and break things or it's the fake it till you make it ethos and try to do that. And I, I respect and understand that that exists for a reason and 
often like many great stories were made from people maybe stretching the truth a tiny bit on kind of where they were and what was happening because they really believed in what they were trying to accomplish. But at the same time, there's far more examples of companies failing because the founders were unethical or bad. Uh, and that can cost VCs their job. So that's like the number one evaluation that you have to watch out for. And, and if we miss that, it's very bad. So we're hyper-focused on that. Um, from the perspective of like what happens, so a founder might get in touch with us. We hope they come through a trusted source. Again, to, to this ethics question, the, the morality and the, the trustworthiness of the founder themselves, it, we can vouch better for the founder if they come to us through somebody that we already trust. So like somebody's not going to refer someone to me that I trust and like and I know is a good person if the founder is not a good person. They're unlikely to make that. They're unlikely to do that because it's dangerous for themselves. So again, back to why I think it's preferable if you can to get some kind of a quality introduction. Um, and that's actually a, a key point is quality introduction. You know, it's easy to get an introduction. Um and I've actually, I, I read a blog post recently saying introductions are not all they're cracked up to be because most introductions are not very good introductions. Like I could introduce somebody I vaguely know to somebody else that I vaguely know. Is that better than right. a cold email? I mean, maybe, uh, but maybe not. I mean, the, if the person starts asking questions about how well do you know this person? Oh, I hardly know the person. Like the whole thing looks kind of shady. And uh, I was introduced to somebody recently by somebody that offered the introduction. And then when I asked the guy if he knew the guy that introduced me, he was like, barely. And I, it came out that I barely knew the guy that introduced me. And it, it was fine. I mean, it was fine. The, the end result person and I got off fine. But the, it can backfire. So that's my point. Um, got it. So what, once you get in touch with the firm, I mean, there's a whole lot of, of, of uh, diligence that a good venture capitalist should do on your company. Um, to make sure that it fits within the parameter of what they want to accomplish. So first of all, what is a VC trying to accomplish? The, the odds of failure of an early stage company are exceedingly high, very, very, very high. So therefore, every investment you do needs to have uh, the, it needs to have the proverbial capability to become a massive outlier win because you should expect most of your companies to fail. It's unfortunate, but it's the, the nature of the, the nature of the beast, if you will. Um, so, and, and everybody listening at this point should probably know that at the very minimum, that the market, the market size for your company needs to be big enough. Um, we're gonna, if you have customer traction, we're going to want to do uh, calls with your clients and customers just to understand how do they perceive the product. Do they like it? Is it a good fit for them? We want to have a deep understanding of the business you're operating in, which uh, we can talk about later, but it goes back to really understanding the thesis of the firm that you're talking to. Um, if they're a fintech focused firm and you're building an e-commerce platform, uh, for example, uh, that has really nothing to do with financial technology, um, it, it might not be a fit and they may not, it may just be kind of, um, uh, fishing in a dead lake, if you will. Like there's, there's nothing there for you. Uh, so we're going to go through a whole process. The investment, at least with our, uh, with our firm, the investment team member is going to prepare an investment memorandum on your company if they feel like it merits this to this point, and it's going to be a multi-page document. What's the background? What's the business? What's the overall landscape of what you're trying to accomplish? Is it a real opportunity? Is this a marginal improvement, or is it a massive change to the to the the order of, uh, to the world of business that you're getting into? Uh, and at this point, most firms will come together with their investment committee and they'll debate the opportunity, and then they will either come back with more questions. Uh, or they, at this point, will decide to make the investment decision. Um, things that help VCs make the decision are things like, 
if the, the if the investor is not a typical lead investor, having a lead established always helps. So if you have a good lead investor already working with you, uh, it really raises the uh, it reduces the risk for the venture capitalist in making the decision, uh, as they feel like someone else has done extensive diligence, and so they can a little bit piggyback off what's already been done. Um, having good uh, traction in the marketplace, I mean, these kind of things all can help the process. And just to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, even if, so let's say there's already a lead investor, then when another investor comes in, they're they're also doing their own due diligence, but like you said, they're piggybacking off of the research and kind of like an executive summary that they've already put together that is a case for why they are doing this investment. So they're still doing their own due diligence, they're still going to meet with the, with the entrepreneur and go through their entire process, it may just be like twice as fast as if there wasn't already a lead investor on board. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, uh, partially. I mean, like for us, we in our seed investments, we don't really typically lead seed investments. So we typically want to see a lead already in place before we'll consider making an investment. It's riskier for a venture capitalist to write a small ticket to your company when there isn't already a lead established. Because you have to remember, if there's no lead, and a couple of VCs throw money into the company, but you fail to get a lead and you didn't raise enough money, the company may still fail. And then you've just thrown your money into an investment where they could not actually succeed in raising all the necessary capital. Um, so, you know, you don't want to be, the, like most VCs don't want to be the first money in if they're not a lead investor. If they're a lead investor, they're paid to take that kind of risk. They're going to write a bigger ticket. They're going to do an even more in-depth diligence. And then they're going to try, they're going to take a larger position in the company. Um, I think, uh, from the perspective of how long it takes, it really depends. Uh, we've had deals we've gotten done in like a week. We have deals we've worked on for months while the founder is working on raising the capital. I think it's a truism to say that all VCs would like to take as long as humanly possible to actually make the decision because the longer you wait, the more clarity there is on the investment. Um, so there's a natural tension between what venture capitalists want and what entrepreneurs want. Entrepreneurs want the money right now. Venture capitalists want to wait, 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 see more contracts close, see more validation from the marketplace. And so threading the needle on that is pretty tough. And, and the way that a founder can do that is the leverage of having an anchor investor already in and only raising a set amount and creating scarcity for the round. Okay, Manos Nation, do not forget my offer to help each other out. I'll send you a list of 100 grants to fund your startup. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on a social media post. Again, leave a five-star review on iTunes and then tag Manos Accelerator on the app to receive a list of 100 grants to help you fund your startup. See you on the next one. That is so much value. I think if you really boil it down to one um, kind of like tweetable uh, thing to take away from this episode is a bring a lot of value. Uh, B don't um, don't be shady, right? Don't be lying to the VCs. It is their job to do due diligence and make sure that you actually are doing what you say you're going to be doing. And anything that you do to damage that relationship is ultimately going to hinder your ability to raise funds. Um, add value to the relationships. I can't remember if I already said that one in the first one. And then finally, Ari, what you're saying is. It's less about convincing VCs to invest in your ecosystem and more about doing the, the homework to find the VCs that are already investing in the ecosystem. And that burden is on you to figure out where those people are and to pitch them and say, hey, I already know you're investing in Mexico. You're already investing in Colombia. I'm a perfect fit for this and this reason, which really goes true for even if you were in the US, you have to do the exact same thing. You have to make sure that your investment opportunity matches the thesis of the fund, both in terms of geographic interest and industry and the direction that you're going. 
the fun size. There's a million things that go into it, but it really just comes down to doing the research and making sure that the investment opportunity lines up with what the VC wants. There you have it, Mana's Nation. Mr. Ari is coming from the venture capital world and he's demystifying how this works both in his firm and in the industry. He has tons of resources for international founders on his LinkedIn. Make sure to follow him. Mr. Ari, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this with us. 